sentiments before we start today's episode. I know I'm starting to sound like a broken record, but I like to make sure you guys are in the know. So as I've said before, we do pre-record several of these episodes, and this is another one. It's a topic that I was really interested in talking to women about because it's something that I recently decided to do. Listen in to find out more about that. And also, I just feel like I need to do my part and give my quick PSA. It is voting season, guys, and I cannot stress enough how important it is that we all get out there and vote. If you are planning to early vote, early voting is going on in nearly every state. Put on your mask, social distance, and get out there and let your vote be counted. If you have an absentee or mail-in ballot, they recommend that you get that in seven days before the election. That's right around the corner, guys. So please, people died for us to have this right. It's important for people of color. I can't stress it enough, so please get out there and let your voice be heard. That's all I have for you today. Sit back and relax. I hope you enjoyed this episode. Hello, hello, and welcome to In My Shoes. It's a podcast for women of color where we talk about the issues we're facing each and every day. I am your host, Karen Davis-Thompson, and excited about this episode today. So recently, I decided to get my concealed weapons permit. I'm still grappling with that. And um, every time, you know, we've been to the range, we took our class, my husband and I noticed that there were more and more people of color uh, who seemed to be taking advantage of that, and women especially. And so I wanted to talk to some uh, Black women who have decided uh, that gun, gun ownership was something that they were interested in as well and see if they have uh, noticed the same trend I've noticed. And so today I have with me uh, one of my regulars from my tribe, my sister, Tony Boyd. And I also have two people that I met in one of the Facebook groups, Joy Allen and Monique Clark. And so I'm going to allow them each to just say hello. So Tony, they've heard you before. So I'm going to let Joy start. How are you today, Joy? I am doing very well. Thank you for having me. Thank you. Tell, tell the audience a little bit about yourself. Sure. So my name is Joy Allen. I am the owner of E3 Personal Defense and Security based here in Raleigh, North Carolina. I've been shooting since about 2015, and I am very passionate about women arming themselves. So I'm looking forward to this conversation today. Thank you so much for that. And Monique, hello. How are you? I am fine. Thank you for having me. How about you? I'm doing just great. Thank you so much. Tell the audience a little bit about you. All right. Um, my name is Monique Clark. I am here stationed as an active duty Marine in Camp Lejeune, North Carolina. I am the owner and founder of Lioness Defense Firearm Training LLC, which I just launched recently. Um, again, like I said, I'm happy to be here. Thank you. Thank you so much for that. And Tony, hello. Well, hello, Karen again. How are you? My mic is acting up, y'all. Y'all excuse me while my mic falls down. This is quarantine life. How are you today? I am good. How are you? Just fine. Thank you. Want to tell the audience a little bit about you today or do you think they know enough? <laughs> well, they know pertaining to the other topics that I've talked about, but um, I've been a gun owner for quite a while, um, but really didn't embrace it as I, as I am now. Um, and I recently decided to get my concealed carry and purchase my first little uh, everyday carry weapon. And, um, and actually, uh, my family is thinking about going into a business venture uh, surrounding uh, either gun ownership training um, and the such because uh, of what we've also noticed, which I'm sure we'll get into later, uh, the greater number of African-Americans getting into gun ownership and shooting. So. I'm excited to to talk with all of you today. 
Well, thank you so much for that. And so, uh, Monique, I'm going to start with you. Um, why was uh, gun ownership something that was important to you? And uh, how did it lead to the business that you started? Uh, so I'm born and raised in the Bronx in New York, and guns were never really a thing. Um, I joined the military uh, at 19, and it was when I was first introduced to firearms. Uh, the first time I actually fired an M16, there's a rifle. I, I kind of like just fell in love with it, and it was something I was really good at. So ever since I've been in the Marine Corps, every year we're supposed to qualify um, on our rifle uh, training, and every year I qualify expert in that area. Um, I feel like it just grew into a passion for me. Um, but over the years, I, I, it's also grown into a necessity. I train my children as well. Uh, I became heavily into it once my kids came of age to where I could take them to the range and shoot. So that's, that's essentially why I decided to do it. Um, but it's mainly because I actually really, really like to shoot. Uh, I started my business because I do realize that we have a very large lapse in effective training that's going on uh, amongst uh, minorities, especially women. Uh, male instructors are good, and don't get me wrong, they are great instructors. However, sometimes they are not what we need as far as being trained uh, because there is a different level of emotional intelligence involved with training women on firearms. So that's one of the reasons why I decided to get into this business is so that one, I can empower other women to protect themselves and two, to give them a more intimate um, and an emotionally safe environment to where, you know, that nervousness comes out or they start to cry because I've had that too, uh, that we can tend to that as well while doing the training. And how old are your children? Uh, my boys are 10 and 11. They started shooting when they both turned eight. And Joy, what about you? Why was gun ownership and starting a business around it something that was important to you? Well, my my reason is a little bit different, although I can certainly relate to many that have already been mentioned. My husband and I have been pastors for about 12 years now. And so I first started shooting just because it was something I wanted to learn how to do. My husband is a Marine Corps veteran, and it was something that I'd never done, you know, other than shooting my grandfather's rifle, you know, once as a kid. And so when he took me out, I really just fell in love with it and started taking classes. And I noticed, uh, like many others, that no one was in my classes who looked like me on a continual basis. I did work with lots of women's groups and shooting groups, and then I noticed that there was a very large economic disparity, which was really expressed through the lack of minorities. And so I went and worked with some attorneys, did some research, and I found really that a lot of ladies just did not have the financial capacity to put firearms training into their budget. So with my husband and I being pastors and having connections to nonprofits, that was the reason that we really started this business was to try and make it available, the training, uh, the resources, try and make those available to ladies, particularly ladies who are minorities, who may not otherwise have access uh, because there is certainly a financial burden that's involved. And do you ever get people who think it's weird for you to be in the ministry and a gun owner? You ever get that? All the time. Absolutely. <laughs> Absolutely. And, and why do you think that is? I mean, is it like, you know, you're not supposed to have a gun if you love the Lord or what? What do you think the reason <laughs> is for that? 
Well, I think a lot of it is miscommunication in the media. You know, guns have been portrayed as something negative, particularly in the African-American community. Um, so that plays into it. And then there's also the question of fear versus faith. And what I tell people is, you know, there's a difference between being fearful and being prepared. In the same way that I have a fire extinguisher in my home just in case, I also want to be equipped to arm myself just in case. And so people tend to understand that analogy, <laughs> um, but I do believe that a lot of it is just misinformation and unfortunately cultural um, things that we have accepted erroneously, again, through the media, uh, as well as just through you know news and, and culture and the things that we see perpetrated in that fashion. And that is a really good analogy. I hadn't thought about it that way, but that's a good way to put it for people to to get it. It's like, you know, it's preparing just like you would for anything else. So I like that. Um, Tony, could you tell me a little bit about, you said you've been a gun owner for a while as well. So what was it that uh, made you decide that this was something to do? And why are you guys thinking about starting a business around that space? Um, yes, I have. I have been a gun owner for a while, a very passive gun owner. Um, I grew up along with you as a preacher's kid, very involved in the church and a lot of what Joy talked about in terms of the miscommunication, uh, the misinformation, um, things about, you know, you, you don't, you're not faithful or you don't really trust God if you need a weapon. Those kinds of messages, you know, resonated with me. And, and so guns was not really something um, that I looked at. My husband, very different upbringing than myself. Uh, he decided to buy a gun and he bought one that I could handle. And we went to the range a couple of times together, but it didn't really, I liked it and I enjoyed it, but I let the rest of my life, my children were young and very involved in what they were doing, very involved in the church. And again, with the messages I was getting at the time initially, it wasn't something that I really embraced. As of late, as I have tried to really find myself in my place and my children are older and I'm moving on to the next phase, I've picked up the gun again and really, really love it and am really becoming very passionate about learning more about uh, learning about the different types of weapons, the types of ammunition, anything that I can learn, I'm, I'm trying to learn. Um, and for some of the same reasons that both Joy and Monique mentioned, um, my husband often traveled and I was here with my children alone and he would always tell me a bunch of places have ladies night. Why don't you go shoot on your own? Because I would only go to the range with him, which was difficult to do on a regular basis because he traveled so much. Um, and I never really I tried once and I never really felt comfortable enough in the environment to to ask questions, to be just just to really embrace it. And so I didn't really go. Um, and for, again, for some of those same reasons that Joy and Monique have mentioned that we need something different as African-American women and just as African-Americans in general in terms of our, you know, how we're trained and the, the conversations that are held. And, and as Joy talked about accessibility and finances and someone understanding all of that. Um, and so we've decided to uh, embark upon uh, a range and, and sales and, and, and training uh, business to provide that. And here in, I'm in uh, Tampa, Florida, and there's not an, a, enough of us who um, are, are doing something like this. And, and, and I felt that it was something that was needed 
um, in general and, and in this community. And so that's that's what kind of has driven us to, to look into starting our business. Thank you for that, ladies. And I did, um, I found an article, you know, to see if maybe what I was seeing was just, you know, I'm just noticing it for the first time, but I did find a few articles where it talked about the fact that there seems to be an increase in African-Americans and African-American women who are beginning to look at gun ownership, uh, learning how to shoot. There seems to be an increase in that. And I just wanted to get your take. If you guys have noticed that, and what do you think is the reason for it? And so, Joy, I'll let you start. Great question. I'm, I would say I have noticed that there is certainly an increase in African-American women purchasing firearms and getting trained. In terms of access, I don't know if that's necessarily accurate in terms of the measurements, um, but I will certainly say that there's a difference in the culture and acceptance among African-American women and something I'm very happy to see. And Monique, have you noticed it as well? Do you, with your business, do you think you're going to, you know, see more women coming in? I know you're just starting out, but is that something you've noticed? Uh, that is something I've noticed. I do feel that it's it's going to be uh, a large influx of women, not just minority, but women in general. Um, I feel that there's been an influx due to the feeling of self-preservation um, with everything that's going on, and not just the recent events, but over the years you know, women of color don't feel safe by those who are supposed to be protecting them. So uh, the sense of security uh, plays a large role in that. Uh, And just being able to protect themselves on their own in their homes, you know, it gives them that sense of empowerment that they need. So I feel like that is a reason why it it has increased so much. And uh, as said before, the accessibility is there too, and the acceptance of being able to own and operate and train with firearms also has become very appealing to women of color. Thank you, Monique. And Tony, what have you noticed? I've noticed the same, that there are more um, more African-American women and older. Uh, my husband, I would sometimes go to some of the gun shows with him, and you see some of the young teenagers or 20-somethings out there. Um, But as of late, I've seen older, um, kind of a a different demographic coming in, older coming into the gun shows and and being at the range and just really embracing um, being able to to fire a gun. And and I think a lot of, uh, I agree with what the ladies have said, it's self-preservation. It's wanting to protect yourself. It's the fact that, um, you know, you have people like uh, Black women coming into power in politics and things of that nature. And I think there is also a sense of we're feeling a little more empowered and, and as if we're being taken seriously. And so we, we need to protect ourselves. And we um, now have, I guess there may have been some feeling that we may not have had the right to protect ourselves. In, in that manner with a gun. Um, and I think we are coming coming into our own and realizing, yes, we do, and we need to. And, and so, yeah, I've noticed a, a big uptake in women and African-American women um, specifically who are embracing gun ownership and, and um, it's great. Thank you, ladies. I, I do know that for me, it was um, something that I, I don't think I ever thought I would think about seriously. 
And, you know, I think what has been going on when I was, as I was reading the article, a lot of what's been going on and what you said, Monique, about not necessarily always being um, secure and confident that those who are supposed to protect will. And so I feel like, you know, we have to do it uh, for ourselves. And now that my children are older, I was always afraid of having a gun in the house and somehow they find it. I had all kinds of stuff going on in my head. So, um, you know, for me now seems to be a great time again, as you said, Tony, as I've gotten older to really explore some of that. So I could see a lot of what you all are saying, even in myself. Um, so let's talk a little bit about why, you know, as you said, Tony, here in Florida, I don't know how it is where you are ladies in North Carolina, but there seems to be very few places where you can go. If I don't know if there are any in, in where we live, where they are, uh, the gun, uh, shops, the ranges are owned and operated by people of color. Um, and for me, a lot of times what I saw in the media, it made it seem like gun ownership and all that type of stuff was like a white man's thing, right? So uh, why do you think that is, that we haven't had more of that where there are gun on, uh, gun shops and ranges that are operated by people of color? And do you think there has been this misconception, so it's a two-parter, that it was something for white folks, especially white males? Um, Tony, I'll let you start. Um, I absolutely, I, I, I agree with that. I think it has been seen as something that was for uh, those in the military and white men. Um, you look at movies and television shows and what do you see? You see the men shooting it out back or you see the men with the guns. Um, very rarely um, growing up did you see women in um, even in the military or, or as police officers on television and things of that nature so yes I think it has very much been thought of, of kind of a white man's thing and I think also it's it's regional or, or it's it's a, also a product of where we are we are in Tampa Florida which is is just as, as southern and and kind of slow as 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 they come <laughs> and we are we have a lot of ingrained traditions and things around us and here and and in this area and guns is a thing that was taboo for women and so i think that that's part of why uh, taboo for women and people of color and i think that's why um you don't see a lot of it here some of it is are those things, but yes, I would agree. It's it's been seen as kind of a white man's thing, um, and and I'm you know again I'm glad that now there are more African Americans in general and specifically women really embracing gun ownership and and doing that. Thank you very much. And Monique, what about you? Do you, do you, where you are and places you've been because you've been in the military has it been seen as something that was for white men, and do you worry that as you start your business? that there may be men who can't see themselves taking an instruction or coming to a woman um, as they're learning how to shoot or uh, coming to the range? Um, I, I do. I, I'll say that because I've been in the military, I've never come across anyone who thought it was a white man's thing. Um, I could see where that frame of thought might come from, but that's just not been my personal experience. Uh, I would say that the reason why it might seem that way also is because of the uncomfortability of people of color to go to an environment where it's predominantly white, um, scared to ask for help, scared to ask questions, not really sure if they'll be 
looked at weird going into a gun range and asking for time. It, it has a lot to do with just the different environments that you're in. As stated before, it also depends on where you're at. Uh, because here in North Carolina, by the by the base, it's uh, you go into any range out here and it's very diverse. Women, children, white, black, it doesn't matter. They're all in there. Um, so that's just not my, been my experience. As far as starting the business and having men, I welcome men with open arms. Do I feel it's going to be a challenge? I absolutely do. Uh, and initially until I establish myself, because that's just how it works, unfortunately. But um, that's just a challenge that I already know that I'm willing to to combat. I've been dealing with firearms since 2004. Um, <laughs> I don't know everything, but I'm pretty well versed. Um, also, I was also on the uh, female engagement team, the lioness program when I was in the military, when I'm, when I was uh, back in the military, when we deployed. So I have pretty good knowledge and use of my weapon systems. So I feel like just putting my story out there when I do start promoting on the website and people find out my background and what I've done, it should deter some of the unconscious biases that males have with training with females. Thank you so much, Monique. And Joy, what about you? Uh, what have you all seen? Does it seem to be uh, seen? Like you're in North Carolina also, so I don't know if it's diverse where you are. And have you ever had people who, you know, white folks who may have been uncomfortable coming because um, you all are African-American or what's been your experience? I would have to agree with some of the things or many of the things that have already been said. Um, from my own personal experience, we are quite different in the Raleigh area than around the base in terms of diversity, or I should say the lack thereof. I will say I have not had any experiences where males or uh, Caucasians or anyone has ever had any hesitation with taking my classes, so I'm blessed in that regard. I have, however, seen lots of hesitation the other way. So here in our area, there are very few ranges that have any ownership uh, by any minority at all. And oftentimes there are atmospheres that are created that are intimidating, maybe not on purpose, but you know, when you walk into a typical gun range in this area, you're going to see Confederate flags. Uh, you know, if you're not a Republican, you're not going to be welcome. Um, so there are these sort of, you know, these, these nuances that people are very uncomfortable around. And I think that's part of the reason that many people of diversity do not feel comfortable going into gun ranges. And to address your question about ownership in terms of minority owned businesses in the firearms industry, I think a lot of that is rooted in some of the same concepts. Um, and also there's the economic challenge as well. Once again, you know, land ownership, that, that's something that African-Americans in this area just don't tend to have, not in large volumes, and we just don't have history on our side in that regard. Um, in addition to that, there's lots of paperwork when you set up a range, you know, lots of FFLs and, you know, all types of licenses and, and things that are just very costly. And for that reason, I think in the past, up until just recently, many African-Americans have not had the power economically to start gun ranges. And we're just now seeing people get to the point where they can do that on and are willing to do so. Thank you, ladies. I, I can attest, I've been in the gun range. Um, I went shooting with my sister a few weeks ago and it was very kind of intimidating. I'm looking around and I'm like, it just seems to be a white world. <laughs> uh, but uh, I'm going to get better at it. I'm, I'm going to get better. It was my first time. So I'm going to get better at it. 
Uh, do any of you ever worry, and I don't know what the laws are in North Carolina, but uh, was there ever a worry about if you're stopped by the police and you have your gun? I don't know in North Carolina if you have to. I know in some states, if you're stopped, you must disclose it, if I understand it correctly. Uh, once you're stopped in others, uh, you don't necessarily have to, to say, hey, I've got I've got a concealed weapon and I have a permit, et cetera. But has there ever been, especially with the trigger happiness of uh, some in law enforcement when it relates to people of color, are is there ever concerns about that and how that will be perceived by law enforcement? And Joy, I'll let you start. I will say for me, no, I've never had a fear or a concern. However, in all honesty, I'm very concerned for my husband and my son. I have a 20-year-old son. Um, everyone in my family shoots, including my 16-year-old daughter. And I do have concerns when my husband is out or my son is out, even to the point that I have asked that they not carry or or shoot unless I'm with them. Uh, obviously, my son isn't old enough yet, but um, you know, I've had those very real discussions because they are Black men. And for me personally, that's where my hesitation starts. Thank you. Yeah, I can see that. I have a son. He hasn't expressed an interest in it, uh, but that would be a worry in my husband as well. I'm like, you know, just how that will be perceived in the environment we're in uh, currently. Tony, what about you? I would have to agree with Joy. My son has expressed an interest, but um, again, because of my husband's travel and my ambivalence with it, unfortunately, we did not get to, to cultivate that. Um, but if he were, and I, and I am certainly concerned when my husband goes out um, with the, the, as you say, trigger happiness of those out there that, you know, my son, my husband and son could be in danger if they were carrying. Um, for myself, I don't necessarily um, have that concern for myself. Um, I've only recently started carrying. Um, and, you know, I'm unassuming. I'm relatively small and I, I don't look mean I, I, and, and I'm a woman. And so, no, I don't really have that concern for myself. Um, but just as Joy said, I, I do have the concern for my husband and son. And, and um, you know, because even without a gun, it's dangerous. Um, just reaching for your credentials that you're being asked for could be dangerous. And so adding a gun into that formula, yeah, it's a scary thing, especially for the Black males in my life, but um, for myself, not so much. Thank you so much. Monique, how about you? Is that ever a concern for you? It may be a little different because I know you've, you've been in the military, but um, is that ever a worry for you or, or for your sons as they get older since uh, they are shooting as well? Yeah, that's definitely a concern for me for my sons mostly um as they grow older they are obviously going to be assumingly more uh intimidating <laughs> as you would have it but uh yeah that's my concern for them me not so much because uh, as it was said i'm not very large i'm pretty small framed um not intimidating looking unless i have rbf i don't know, don't want to say what that means on on your podcast but um Girl, here they in North know. Carolina, <laughs> Uh, here in North Carolina, at first, not really. Um, I started to develop a little concern only because I have gotten pulled over frivolously for things that I, they claim that happened that did not. For example, I got pulled over for running a stop sign that wasn't there. And I got into a little bit of an argument with the police officer because I'm like, all right, you were right behind me. You saw there was no stop sign. So why exactly did you pull me over? You know, um, so things like that concern me only because it seems like they will look for reasons to harass people and it becomes aggressive 
when they're challenged. So that's that's my thing. And North Carolina being a duty to inform state, you have to tell them that you're carrying. So um, it's it's not a severe concern, but it's it is definitely a worry that I have from time to time, depending on the situation. Yeah, see, that would freak me out. The you know when you're in a state where you have to say something, I'm just always worried about how that will be perceived. Um, and so, just wanted to ask, um, we're you know we're talking about women and gun ownership. Do what are the types of reactions that you get when people find out that not only do you um, have guns, not only do you shoot, but that you enjoy it? That you know, two of you already have businesses around it. The other is is, is thinking of starting one. What are some of the reactions that you've gotten from uh, people when they find that out? Joy, I'll let you start. They are excited usually, and um, oftentimes they're happy that it's accepted. And and I think that maybe I don't know if my being a pastor justifies it for some people. I think probably so. Um, but typically, when they find out that we have a business that I shoot that I enjoy it, they're very happy. They're intrigued. They suddenly take down their guard, um, and are usually wanting to learn and get involved themselves. So I've I've had very positive experiences in that regard. And Monique, how about you? Um, I haven't really had any negative reactions from person to person, especially if they know me. They already know that I'm all about the guns. Like I'm ready to shoot at a moment's notice, and I'm always going to the range. And I'll be like, "Hey, you want to come? I'll train you. I'll, sh- I'll show your kid how to shoot." Like, uh, mostly I've gotten positive reactions and people that are like, "Hey, like when you go to the range, let me know, and I'll come with you. You can show me a few things." Blah blah blah. So. Uh, yeah, most of the reactions have been pretty, pretty positive. Thank you. And Tony, how about you? Much the same. Most have been, most who know me um, have been a little surprised, but, but all positive reaction and questions and, oh, when are you going to the range? I'd like to come. And um, so just like the other two ladies, most reactions have been very positive and, and, and as Joy said, kind of let their guard down and ask questions and, Thank you so much. This has been an interesting conversation because um, I'm still, I'm a novice. So just finding out, you know, it's not that I didn't enjoy it when I went, but I guess the, when you first shoot for the first time, I don't know how it was for any of you all, but um, I'll ask that question. When you shot for the first time, did it kind of freak you out a little bit? Did you know right away you liked it? Um, For me, it's going to take me, I think a few times at the range before I feel really confident. So Joy, how about you? I must say the very first time I pulled the trigger, I was addicted. It was, <laughs> I, I enjoyed it. it I, I love the sense of uh, not necessarily power, but even just confidence that it gave me. And I realized it was something that I was talented at. Um, so I really enjoyed it from the first shot. Oh, Lord, I don't think that was me, Monique. I think I know what you're going to say. You probably enjoyed it from the first time, too. But was it, you know, like love at first pull of the trigger? I'll say I'm going to say no, only because the first time I pulled a trigger, I was in boot camp getting yelled at. (laughs) So it wasn't exactly fun. I'm not going to say it was fun. I enjoyed it in between the tears of being (laughs) blasted by my drill instructor. But um, once I got out of that environment and we got to the ranges, it became like this thing for me. Uh, I had a senior supervisor that would bet 
you know, we would bet if I would get high expert on the range or whatever and who I can shoot higher than because they wound up making me a coach after a while. But it, it, it became just like this obsession for me when we went to the range. How high can I get on this range? How, you know, how well can I score uh, between the different tables that we have to shoot? Like, it's definitely something that I enjoy. Dan, Tony, how about you? Um, I will say that the first time I went with my husband, I, I was a little nervous, a little afraid, but I liked it. Um, but, you know, as I said before, I kind of let life get in the way and didn't really follow it. But once I picked it back up again, it was like old hat. And I was like, yes, I'm loving this. Picked out my own gun this time and, and so on and so forth. So I'm loving it. Um, and uh, Monique, do you do you travel and train? Because, girl, I think I might be able to use your services. I can definitely come to you. I've gone to Raleigh a couple of times this year. Two hour drive is not a, a thing to me. I promise you. Oh, girl, no. Tony is in Tampa, Florida, child. Joy is in Raleigh. She wants you to come all the way to Florida. Tell her if she wants your assistance, she needs to come to North Carolina, not the other way around. Bless her heart, both. Then you don't know how this works. You go to the person you're trying to get help from. But I am in North Carolina, Monique, so we'll have to get together for sure. <laughs> Absolutely. I'm all about it. My grandmother lives in Florida. She retired there. So and I just I was just there not too long ago. So you might see me there. OK, girl, if you come, you look me up and now I'm, you might see me on your doorstep one day, though. <laughs> <laughs> OK, I got you. I think I'm going to need all three of y'all to help me because it just I mean, I I enjoyed it, I guess, but it just really kind of. Oh, it got me. I'm gonna get better though. I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'll, 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 you know, let y'all know how how it goes. I'll let y'all know if I get any better at it. Um, and Tony, don't you say a word. Don't pick at me because she was there for my first encounter. It's the whole preacher's kid in her. She's, you know, <laughs> it wasn't that. It's just the. I don't know if it was the recoil or just the sound. Even with the headphones on, I was just like, oh, oh, it, it was, it, it was a lot. But I'm gonna work on it. Um, so as we get ready to wrap up, what? would you all say is the biggest misconception you think women or people in general have about uh, owning firearms, shooting? Uh, Tony, I'll let you go first. Um, probably the biggest misconception is that it's, that it's, it's hard. It's if you're careful and you educate yourself as with just about anything, um, it, it's, it's an, easy may not quite be the word, but it's not a difficult thing. And I think if you just let go of your inhibitions, Karen, then whatever, you would really enjoy it. I think it's not the scary thing that people think it is. Um, And it's the, the difficult thing. I can take mine apart, clean it, all of that. Once you learn more about it, um, you know, my son played baseball and I told people for years, if you learn the game, you'll find that you really enjoy it. And I think it's the same with guns. If you really learn about it and, and embrace it and embrace it and immerse yourself, um, you'll find that you really love it. And Monique, what about you? What do you think is a big misconception? Uh, the biggest misconception I think would be that firearms are dangerous. Um, obviously in a technical way they are, but it's really the person behind the, the firearm. Um, I feel that people think that no matter what you do, something's bad is going to happen when you start dealing with firearms. It's not. This is why we teach how to properly handle a firearm. 
um, safety rules, making sure that the weapon is always cleared, etc. There are there are rules, procedures, policies, regulations put in place to ensure that, you know, when you are trained, and which is why we say go train, don't just pick up a firearm and start shooting it, uh, make sure you find someone to help train you, that you're following, you know, the procedures and the, the rules that are set in place to ensure that you properly handle a firearm. Um, people that are uneducated in firearms that don't know that these things exist are mostly the ones that'll be like, oh, you pick that up, you're going to wind up shooting somebody. It's it's a lot of ing- ignorance and not knowing, you know, the purpose of a firearm, how to use it, and proper safety uh, handling procedures. Thank you for that. And Joy, how about you? What do you think is a big misconception? I have to agree 100% with Monique. The biggest misconception I have come across is that firearms are dangerous, and they are not. Um, They're neither safe nor dangerous. It's all about the operator. And and again, I couldn't have said it better. I agree with everything that Monique just summarized. Well, thank you so very much. This was quick, boy, I tell you. Maybe because I I need all of the help I can get in this uh, particular topic. (laughs) But... Thank you, ladies, for joining me for this episode. It was really eye-opening, and I do appreciate you for taking out the time uh, to talk with me about this today. If you like what you've heard today or if there's anything you want to hear us talk about on In My Shoes, you can hit me up at kdt at inmyshoestoday.com. That is kdt at inmyshoestoday.com. That is all the time we have for today. And so until the next time we meet again, be blessed.